This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hey, cat lovers. Welcome to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. I'm your host, Dr. Katherine Prim, and I'm a small animal veterinarian and dyed-in-the-wool cat lover. I'm so excited today to be able to share with you one of the scientists in a new study that has been released very recently about feline attachment. How much does our cat bond with us and all kinds of information that you probably didn't know about your cat. I have with me Kristen Vitale and she is going to explain how they figured out their findings and how they set up this study to kind of tell us maybe what all cat lovers already knew about our cats, but now we have scientific proof. So we'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. I have Dr. Kristen Vitale with me. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. So I'm really excited because I saw your study pop up on all my different social media and, and everybody was sharing it and talking about it. And so I'm just so excited that you agreed to come and talk with us today. Oh, of course. So you have a really cool job, and yeah. <laughs> I uh, think think that it's awesome because you do all these cool cat things. So I want you to just sort of talk about what sort of spurred you to do this study and, and kind of how it went. Yeah, so there's been a lot of research done with dogs and looking at the bond that they share with their owner, but there had only been two previously done in cats, and neither of those actually looked at the attachment style that cats can form with their owners. So we decided to actually use methods that had been developed for dogs and human infants and apply them to cats and see what cats did, if they behaved similarly or if they had a completely different response. Well, I think we underestimate cats a little bit, and so I'm happy that you've got the science to say that what I think is right. So how did you go about setting this up? How did you find the cats to study? So we recruited cats just from our community, so cats that lived with owners just in their homes, either from Oregon State University employees or students or people just hearing about us through word of mouth and brought them into our lab. So we actually had a lot of owners who were really excited to participate and learn more about their cats that way. 
what were the the guidelines? Was it a certain age of cat or criteria? How did you establish which cats got to participate? Yeah, so for we actually looked at two age groups. The younger were kittens, and those were kittens three to eight months old. And we used that age range because it seems like that was about the age where um, cats had been adopted out of the shelters or from a breeder and had been living in homes with the owners. And then we also looked at older cats, at least one year or older, to just see if there were differences between kittens and the older cats. So you did you um, you looked at the cats and you asked questions, I'm sure. What kind of, of things did you check? As far as the demographic of the cats or? Like you said that you applied some human infant criteria and things. What sort of things did you look at? So we actually ran what's called a secure base test. And this is where you bring the cat and owner into an unfamiliar space, which was our lab at Oregon State University. So they had never been in this room before. And what we do is for two minutes, we just let them be in the room normally together. And then we actually bring the owner out and the cat is alone in the room. And so what we know of attachment behavior from infants and dogs is that when an animal's stressed out or in an unfamiliar, strange situation, that that will actually heighten that attachment behavior and allow us to measure it. So that alone phase kind of acts as a potentially mild stressor for the cat so that when the owner then comes back, we can see if any attachment behavior is displayed. So really what we're looking at is when the owner comes back to the room and has a reunion with the cat, how does that cat behave? And we're looking at if the cat behaves in ways that are similar or different to what's been found in dogs and babies. Did you find a lot of individual variation among cats? So actually we found that the majority of cats responded in one of three main ways. And so we found the majority of cats were actually securely attached to their owner. So what this means is that when the owner came back to the room, they greeted the owner and then they went back to exploring the room and then periodically going back to the owner. So there's this contact exploration balance where the cat is using their owner as a secure base to explore from. But we also saw cats that were insecurely attached So an insecure ambivalent cat doesn't really return to exploring the room. And when the owner comes back, they just go to them and cling to them. So they don't leave their owner's side. They're just kind of glued to the lap. And then an insecure avoidant response is when that cat just avoids their owner. Again, they don't go to them when they return and they also don't go back to exploring the room. So although we do see a lot of individual variation in cats in terms of sociability, the main patterns of behavior are actually pretty similar across all the cats. So these findings are, they do these kinds of tests on humans and dogs? Correct. So they do what's called the strange situation test, but it's basically the same idea where you're bringing the individual into an uncertain situation and then looking at how they respond to their attachment figure, either being present, absent, or returning during that strange situation. So they're looking at it the same way. How does that individual use their caretaker as a source of security or comfort? So when you compared the reactions of the cats, it then led you to deduce that they do have a secure bond in most cases to their caregiver, correct? Correct. Yeah, the majority of cats, around 65%, were classified as securely attached to their owner. And that was true for the kittens and the adult cats. I knew it. I'm so glad that's what you found. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, so you had a lot of cats that you looked at, didn't you? Yeah, we tested 38 adult cats and 79 kittens. So well over 100 cats. That's amazing. But you did have a few cats that exhibited behavior that was not consistent with a secure attachment? Right. We had uh, about 35% of cats which were insecurely attached. And so that was either that clinging behavior or that avoiding behavior with the majority of the insecure cats displaying that clinging behavior, that ambivalent response. And then we also did see some kittens. Uh, nine of the 79 kittens could not be classified into one of those attachment styles. So it could be that they just are too young to have developed that yet, or there's something else about that bond where they're not showing these distinct patterns. But the majority of cats we were able to classify as either secure or insecure. So from that, what did you learn? When you had the cats, once you classified the cats, were you able to piece together anything in the upbringing or socialization of the cat that you felt was related to the attachment bond? So one thing we did look at was seeing how implementing a training and socialization class could impact these results. So the kittens actually participated in the secure-based test twice. Half the kittens, after their first test, went through a six-week training and socialization course where they learned to sit, come when called, go to mat and stay, um, walk on harness and leash, so a whole host of behaviors. And then we brought them back after they completed the class to see if their attachment style changed and compared them to a control group of kittens that also returned to see if there were any differences in the number of individuals who are secure or insecure. And what we found was that 81% of the cats had the same secure base designation as they received that first test. So even for the kittens that underwent this training and socialization class, their attachment style stayed relatively stable. And so that's not saying that the training and socialization didn't have an impact on some aspect of the relationship. But as far as that attachment goes, it appears that once it's been formed, it's relatively stable and maybe isn't easily changed. And I guess you don't know what role socialization, I mean, I guess you don't really know what the personality of the kitten was before and what nature versus nurture kind of thing. So are you saying that you think it's just nature and not training? No, I think that it's, and we know this in human attachment relationships as well, is that it's an interaction between those genetics and the environment. So in humans, we actually see that those positive type of experiences are less influential in changing attachment style than negative experiences. So things like how that parent responds to the death of a family member, how receptive they are to that child during that unpleasant experience is more influential in changing a child from insecure to secure or vice versa than taking them to an amusement park or something. So it definitely the reinforcement and behavior of the owner seems to be an important aspect of forming that attachment bond. But what type of experiences are responsible for impacting that or changing attachment security are still not really well known. Well, that is absolutely fascinating. So I want to take a really quick break and come back because I want to talk with you a little bit more about the role of negative experiences. Because as a fear-free certified professional, we talk about negative experiences a lot. So we'll be right back right after these messages. Hi, this is Dr. Katherine Prim, and I would like to make you aware of some products that I've discovered. Dr. Elsie's Pet Products. 
So you all know that I have a cat named Scamper, and Scamper is a little bit sensitive. So I have to choose sort of special stuff for Scamper. Dr. Elsie's Ultra Litter has been kind of a godsend for us. It's made with clean ingredients and it's low on dust. So it sort of addresses the needs that Scamper personally has. You can feel really good about choosing Dr. Elsie's pet products because they're veterinarian formulated and they're tested. So they combine science and the love for pets to meet the needs of even the most sensitive pets like my Scamper. Here's the really good news. You can get a rebate. Dr. Elsie's will pay you up to $20 for your first bag of Ultra Litter or any Dr. Elsie's litter by visiting drelsies.com forward slash Dr. Cat. That's D-R-E-L-S-E-Y-S dot com forward slash Dr. Cat, which is D-R-K-A-T. So check it out. Give it a try and get up to $20 back. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio, and I'm here with Dr. Kristen Vitali. We're talking about the feline attachment study, which looked at cats and how they are bonded to their owners. And she mentioned that it seems as though negative experiences had more of an impact on the cat's final attachment, perhaps, than maybe positive ones. So let's pick up where we left off. So are you saying that, does that have any role in like these things that we're telling people about punishing cats and that kind of thing? Do you think there's any relationship there? There very well could be. We don't really know at this point because there's been so little research in cats, how these negative experiences affect them. But we do know in humans that it plays a role. And so if you're not really emotionally receptive to your cat and you're kind of just responding to them when they seek attention by shooing them off or punishing them, that definitely will most likely have an impact on how that cat behaves toward you and also the attachment style that they form. So it's definitely something we need to look into more. But Really being receptive to that individual during these fearful experiences is something that probably does have an impact. Well, that actually plays a role, really, even in my exam room where I try to not have a negative experience. So I'm excited that the investment we're making in that could be impacting my patients in a positive way, as well as that all the things we've all thought about our cats being bonded to us are actually scientific. That's amazing. (laughs) So I guess it would be reasonable to say that we don't want to create negative experiences in cats because it could damage the bond. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And we do know that the human's behavior can directly impact the cat. We had another study come out this year looking at cat sociability, and we found that cats, both pet cats and shelter cats, spend significantly more time with a person who's paying attention to them versus a person who's ignoring them. So we do know that your behavior can directly impact your cat's behavior toward you and how social they are with you. So again, if you're always shooing your cat away or not receptive to them when they want to interact or you're not initiating interactions with them, that can directly impact their behavior. 
So if you're friendly, your cat is more likely to be friendly. Is that too simple for that? An oversimplification? No, I mean, that's what we found on average, that cats are more likely to be social with you if you're paying attention. But again, you asked about individual variation before. And of course, we'd still see individuals who even if you pay attention to them, they're not interacting. But a lot of that comes down to that individuality or personality of that individual. But on average, we are seeing that the majority of cats will spend more time with you when you pay attention. So you talked about the socialization classes that the kittens underwent and how it didn't seem to directly impact the bond with the owner. But did you see other positive? You may not have looked at other positive things, but did you see other positive effects from that? Because I love kitten kindergarten. Yeah. So we actually did. We looked at several different measures and I can't talk about all of them. But one that I can talk about was persistence. And so we saw that kittens that went through the class were actually more persistent in engaging in cognitive tasks after the class than the control kittens. So it could be that going through these experiences allows cats to kind of develop that ability to engage more in an unfamiliar space, in a laboratory space, and engaging in these more complicated tasks because they've been used to doing it more than the control kittens. So there does seem to be some positive benefits for them going through these courses. So maybe like an improved attention span? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, fascinating. Okay. So the things I teach my cat are worthwhile. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is so cool. And it sounds like you're working on some other cool things. So I want to kind of stay in touch with you. Can you tell my listeners how they can kind of follow you and, and see what you're doing in your cool lab? Absolutely. So my website is www.mauies.com. And I'm on Instagram and YouTube under the same name. I've got tons of cat training videos and photos of the work that I do. So make sure to follow me on those. Well, I love that. And I definitely will, especially since I know you had some other things sort of hanging in the wings that I might be very interested in. So this is really, really great. I'm so glad that you looked at that because I think cats get the short end of the stick sometimes when compared to dogs. And I'm so happy that someone is looking into how cool they are and how much we love them and how much they love us. Absolutely. So I think they're super smart too. And so I say that all the time. They're not small dogs. They are cats. They're very different. But I appreciate your time. I know you're very, very busy uh, with all of your research and with this paper being new. So thank you so much for joining us today. Of course. Thanks for having me. And I want all of my listeners to go and look her up. Again, that's Maueyes, M-A-U-E-Y-E-S.com. And try to find her on Instagram as well as YouTube because the training videos would be very, very interesting and helpful because, you know, maybe we could all increase our cat's attention span as well. I'm going to work on that with Scamper. As always, you can look me up on social media, Catherine Prim DVM on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram and YouTube. So please do not hesitate to comment if you have something that you would like to learn about or questions that you have about anything that we have talked about. And of course, thank you to Mark Winter, our amazing producer. And I want all of our listeners to go out and have a perfect day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.